0: Love Talk Radio. you all so much for uh, joining us today. My name is Brother Hulk Bolden, and as usual, we're so grateful to the Lord able to come before you and share with you some of the things that uh, the Lord has laid on my heart to share. All right, so um, we're going to continue on with what we have been talking about uh, concerning offenses. And so today, we're going to uh, talk about offenses of the past and how that all plays a role in our decision-making today and how we perceive things today. I think it's very important that we uh, know when we are dealing with offenses, uh, and hopefully before this uh daily devotion is over with today, you will know if you have past offenses. Now, I'm going to just give you an example of what a past offense is. There was a preacher uh, that I knew. He was actually a pastor of a church. He's deceased now. But he had had a reputation for uh, being the ladies' man. And, you know, although he was married, uh, it just seemed like he had that on him where he uh, liked to deal with women. I just put it that way. And... um There was a time when this, this uh other preacher that I knew, Brother Junior, in fact, I just say it, uh, he was um this this pastor was working across the street from Brother Junior's house, was doing some some work and uh this man I guess that was on the working crew uh, was not saved and so this this pastor began to talk to him about giving his life to the Lord. Now, this was a reputation that this preacher had some years ago, you know, years before he had died. And I, I want to say that he had stopped doing all of that, what he was doing, chasing women, and actually started, you know, living right and, and being right. And so he, But he was trying to talk to this man about giving his life to the Lord.
1: And the
0: man wanted to jump on his pastor. I mean, literally wanted to fight him. Uh, and so Brother Junior being there, talked with the man, said, look, don't do not do that, you know. Don't do that. will not you really give your life to the Lord? You know, and he began to talk with him about giving his life to the Lord. And so the man told Brother Junior, he said, I'll listen to you. This is what he told Brother Junior. He said, I'll listen to you, but that fellow there, he can't tell me anything. And... Now, the reason why he was saying that was because he had heard or knew about this pastor's reputation, which was something that, again, he had dealt with in the past. And he was so offended that he didn't want this pastor telling him anything about the Lord, even though this was something that this pastor had struggled with earlier on in his ministry, I guess you could say. And, it you know, it showed me that sometimes, you know, people have past offenses. In other words, in this situation, the man did not want to hear what this pastor had to say because he was offended at this man's past, at this pastor's past. And he could not, I guess, get over it, you know, what this pastor used to do or whatever. And, you know, it's one of those things, I think, that the body of Christ has to be very, 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 very careful with, that you, just because you know about somebody's past, you have to be careful that you don't hold somebody's past over their head because the reason why the devil wants you to do that is he wants you to be offended. You can be offended at something that somebody is no longer doing. You can be offended at a person because of what they used to do. Now to me that's crazy. That that you can actually be offended at what someone used to do or how they used to be. You you can see it, you know, every four years in the election how you know, people start running for president and what what's the first thing they do? They start digging up these these candidates, digging up their past. Uh, you did this some years ago, you did that some years ago. Of course my thing my whole thing about that is What are they doing now? Are they still doing that? If not, then what difference does it make? So what, they made a bad choice uh, years ago or months ago, for that matter, or days ago. Are they still that same person? And that's the way I am in general. I guess because I know my past, and I know that I've done some things that I'm embarrassed about. I've done some things that I'm not happy about. Uh, But I also know about God's forgiveness. You see that, and being able to move on. And sometimes people, I, I don't. I the I only thing I can think of that it is self-righteousness. when you think you have a right to hold some something over someone's head, even if they done it hours ago. If they have made that right with God, you don't have a right to hold that over their head, whatever it may be. You see that? that's what I'm talking about. Past offenses. It's it's like why hold those things over a person's head except witchcraft. Now, we have to make that clear. Sometimes people are stooped in witchcraft, and people think that they can control you by holding your past over your head. In other words, if I let you know that I know about your past and I let you know that I'm offended at your past or whatever, then maybe you'll dance to my tune and I can control you in such a way. Now I pray that you understand the saying there that there are actually some people who operate, race, who operate in witchcraft uh, uh, by trying to use someone's past to control them, you know, to control their behavior or to just to hold something over someone's head. That's, that's witchcraft. And so it's not God's will that you walk around offended at someone's past, at what they've done in their past. I believe that we should give people clean slates. I believe that, you know, of course, that's Bible. It ain't just what I believe is the word of God, that we're supposed to forgive, that we're supposed to bear the burdens of people, and definitely we're not supposed to judge people according to what they were bound by in their past. I believe that you ought to give people a chance. Instead of holding their past, over their head, are you expecting them to operate in their past? You know, it's amazing to me that people will pray for people and pray that God helped them and God change them, and then when they are around them, bracing themselves for what they're used to getting from that person. That's not faith, and you're wasting your time praying for someone who you don't expect to change. You see that? So God does not want us walking in offense because of someone's past. You know, God does not want us uh offended at someone's past. You know, we're supposed to extend mercy and let's please let's not think that we're above uh let's not think that we're above falling into what someone else has fallen into given the right circumstances and the situation, you see. And so let we're gonna read something just very simple. So if you have your Bible, let's go to the sixth chapter of the book of Mark. We're going to go to the sixth chapter of the book of Mark, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. It says, And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hand. And so the Bible says that he began to teach in the synagogue, and many people that were listening, they were astonished. Why were they astonished? They w- well, what were they astonished at? The wisdom that he had and the mighty works that were done by him, the miracles that were done. So the question would be next, why were they astonished? Let's read verse 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? You see that? So they're talking about his former occupation. They're talking about his family, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him see that. Now, one thing I have learned in this world, if I haven't learned anything else, is that a lot of times people try to do what I call map you out. They think that they have you figured out in the first 30 minutes of conversation or being around you and they have their own uh, filing system, you know, in their mind and they basically file you in whatever category they, they deem necessary. And they like to keep you there. And a lot of it is based on their own insecurities. A lot of it is based on their own mindset, no matter how warped it is. You know, people have their own filing system when it comes to people. And you just assume that a person is this way, and so this is the way you're going to be. This is the way I think you are. So let me give you an example. There have been some people that have wrote me and uh, said, well, I think you preach too harsh, or, you know, I think that I don't think that you're preaching the love of God, quote, unquote. And then there are some people that write me and say, uh, email me or message me or whatever and say, Brother Boland, I know that what you're preaching is from God, and I'm grateful to the Lord that you preach the, the the true, uncut word of God. And so you so you have those people on two extremes there that email me or get in touch with me. And so a lot of it has to do where a person is. And so those people that think that I'm being too harsh, they apparently don't read what Jesus Christ preached or those that the Lord called those apostles what they preached because they weren't holding back either, which is why a lot of them were being killed, you see. And so, so you have that person that thinks that that's too harsh, And then you have a person uh, that 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 email me and uh, let me know that he believes that what's being preached is the true gospel, and they're thankful for it because they know that they continue on in their walk in the Lord with that, and that they they love being challenged. So you have two people: the one that don't like being challenged, that want to hear fluffy gospel that God is love, and really it's because they they lack understanding of what true love is. They're like a child that think because the parent is spanking them that the parent don't love them. And a lot of times, you, if you go back in their history, you'll find that these grown people have been groomed by that, you know, because of the way that they were raised. Maybe their parents didn't raise them, spanking them, and so they think any form of correction isn't love. And then you have people on the other side who are thankful that their parents did correct them, did spank them, and whipped them when they needed it because they could see the fruit that it yielded in their lives. And so They appreciate correction. It may not be comfortable, but they appreciate correction. And so what I'm saying is you have two different people who are looking at the same situation or the same person, which may be me or some other minister, and they come up with two different perspectives. Again, a lot of times it's based on where the person is. And so you have these people here in the sixth chapter of the book of Mark who are looking at Jesus Christ. They are astonished at the wisdom that he has, also at the mighty works that he does. And they, they instead of them taking a positive approach, they take this approach that they are offended. So why are they offended? Because we know who you are, or we think we know who you are. And what right do you as a carpenter, you're not an educated man, you're not a Pharisee, you're not a scribe, what right do you as a carpenter as the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judah, and Simon, and, you know, the brother of your sister, what right do you have to, be, to have the wisdom that you have and to do the mighty works that you're doing? And, you know, there are so many people today in the body of Christ that have that same mindset. They think that they know a person. Now, outside of Jesus Christ, you don't know anybody. Outside of the Lord, if you don't if you don't know how the Lord thinks about this person, then you don't really know them. If you don't know what calling who God say they are, then you don't know them. You may know their past. You may know some of the bad decisions that they made. You may know how their character was based on their previous actions or the people that they hung out with. You may know even know an old mindset that they had. But if you don't know who they are in God, if you don't know who God has called them to be, you're going to miss it every single time, and you're going to walk around offended because when they do get called into the ministry, when God does start using them, all you're going to be able to think about is what this person used to do, how they used to be, especially if you used to run with them. You see that? And what I have found in, in many cases, People are not happy. A lot of people, especially when you give your life to the Lord and you sell out to God and you begin to leave people behind, not purposely, but just the natural order of things, you're growing closer to the Lord and they're more concerned with remaining where they are, people will get offended at you. They will have the same mindset. Who are you? You see that? They they will develop the same mindset. Who are you? to think that you can grow in the Lord. And really what it is, it's from their own insecurity and their own uh, lack of knowing who God may have called them to be. So instead of these people rejoicing about the wisdom that he had and the work, the mighty works that were done by his hands, they chose to be offended at him. To me, now, what did Jesus say? Wisdom is justified of her children. In other words, you look at the fruit of a person. Right now, that's what justifies that person. You you look at the fruit of it, that's what justifies the means that God uses. And so here, okay, Jesus was a carpenter. He was the son of Mary. He, these were his brothers. But it wasn't him being a carpenter and him being the son of Mary and the brother of all of these people that he had this wisdom. And so what they're trying to do is match these two worlds together. We know your faults, or we think we know your faults, Jesus. We think we know who you are. We have already filed you into our little filing cabinet. You're a carpenter, and you're not going to be any more than that. We've already filed you into what we think you are, and therefore it is your responsibility to stay there. And I'm telling you, you want to make people mad, you start living outside of the boundaries that they think that they placed you in. You start living according to what God called you to live, and watch how folks just start, you know, how they get offended at you. You see that? People get offended at you and will call you self-righteous because you want to live right. Instead of saying, you know what, I need to step it up. I need to live according to the word as well. They'd rather cut you down, you see. So verse 4 says, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. You see that? You see what he says that A prophet is not without honor, you see, but in his own country. In other words, the place where he's from. Why? Because most prophets will have a past. Most ministers of the Lord, they have done some things that they are ashamed of. They have done some things that they should not have done. And so because of that, people don't forget. And a lot of people do not have forgiving hearts to be able to move on, and they'd rather hold you in that place where you were before. You see that? And it says, and among his own kin and in his own house. In other words, people that were familiar with you before you were living for the Lord, before God began to change you. These this, these are the people that you will not have honor with. So let's read verse 5. It says, and he could then do no mighty work, that he laid his hands upon a few sick folks and, and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around about the villages teaching. So, he, in other words, the Lord was astonished. Just the same way these people were astonished, except he was marveling at their own unbelief. What part about that unbelief? The fact that they could not get over who they thought the Lord was. And I'm telling you, as we stated earlier on in this series of authors that we're working on now, you can miss your blessing because you are offended as a person that God wants to bless you through. You can miss your healing. You can miss receiving from God directly because you don't want to receive the messenger that God has sent to you. So these people, what they did, they had this resume of who Jesus was. He was a carpenter, the son of Mary, brother of James, Joseph, and Judah, and Simon, and his sisters were there as well. And so if you're happy, Bibles, let's go to the 12th chapter of the book of Matthew. We're going to read something real quick and just, to prove, just to bring out a particular point. The 12th chapter of the book of Matthew, and we're going to start reading at verse 46. It says, while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, in other words, stood outside, desiring to speak with him. Verse 47, then one said unto him, behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brother, for whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. You see that? And so Jesus Christ had already established who he was. He was a part of God's family is what he's saying. And that family outweighed his natural family. You see that? So much so that when they came to him, somebody came to him and told him, your mother and your brother's outside. They want to talk to you. He made it a point to point out who he considered his mother and brother. In other words, what was he doing? He was distancing himself from things that tied him to the world. And even though he had done that, People still try to hold him to this world, and that's what people will do. You can distance yourself from everything that looked like your past, and people will still try to hold you to your past. You're still the same person in their mind that they thought you were. Now, a lot of people are deceived to begin with, you see, when it comes to who they thought you were. But, you know, the thing about the Lord, he know who you are because he know who you he created you to be. In the book of Jeremiah, the first chapter, he told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I ordained you a prophet. Before you were born, I created you to be, I ordained you to be who you're going to be. Before you were even formed in the womb, I called you to be a prophet. That means God knew who you were. I'm talking to you as an individual. God knew who you were before you were even born for people to be able to put you into whatever category they have. So what's more important? Now, that's what you have to think about. What's more important, What God, who God says you are? Because, you see, if you're not careful, you can be one of those people, you get caught up and you're more concerned with what people think about you. That's why the devil plays that game, you see that, with you. And so you have to be more concerned with who God says you are and who God ordained you to be before you even created, before you even born into this world. You have to be more concerned with who God ordained you to be versus after you got here, the mistakes that you've made, the sins that you've committed, the things that you've done where people have filed you into their little compartment, you know, their little system. Jeremiah, and you as well, you are more than the system of people. You're more than some little file that they want that they have. You're more than that, and God wants you to know that. And for you people that get offended, my prayer is that you will learn to with, remove that offense of what you think somebody's past is or even what you think they may be now. God, the Lord spoke to me some years ago and told me that love don't see where a person is. Now it sees what they're going to become. When you have the love of God on the inside of you, you don't see, you don't just see where a person is now. It's obvious where they may be now, but love brings about hope, and not just for yourself. It's amazing to me how people can give themselves room to grow and and can know, well, God's still dealing with me. I'm still growing in areas. But don't want to extend that same mercy to other people. That that has always been amazing to me. And so, Love, when you have the love of God, it makes you, it forces you to see people through God's eyes, to see what God has ordained them to be. You see that? And that's the way you treat them. You don't hold where they are right now against them. You don't hold where they were against them. And so God don't want you to be offended at what you have seen in the past or what you even may be seeing presently. There's no room for offense of the past or what you see presently when the love of God is on the inside of you. You're you're going to be praying that the Lord help this person to get to the place where he wants them to be. You see that? To get to that, to step into where God has called them to be, not speaking ill of them and thinking that's just where they are, that's just where they're going to be from, from here to eternity. You see that? There's no room for that when the love of God is there. And if you're not careful, you can set yourself up with the offense. You can think your offense towards somebody's past can have you thinking that you're actually better than them. What does the Bible tell us in the sixth chapter of the book of Galatians? When a man thinking himself to be something, when he's nothing, he deceives himself. You're not anything outside of Jesus Christ. If you're not carrying out what God has called you to do in this world, you you know for a fact you're not anything outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not anything. I'm whatever God has called me to be. Outside of that, I'm going to fail. You see that? Outside of what God has called me to do, I'm going to fail. And so I'm not anything outside of Jesus Christ. You see that? And so if you, one of those people, you think you're better than somebody because you haven't done certain things that they've done, you just look over your past. You just look at someone and know you may not have done some of the things that they've done, but you're in the same boat. You were in the same boat. You see that? It's got people in jail for all different kinds of reasons. Some of them in there for murder. Murder. Some of them in there for lying. But in the same jail. You see that? Same jail. And so that's the way God sees us. If you were bound by sin, you were in the same prison. You see that? You were in the same prison. And so none of us have a right to hold anybody's pants over their head, or to even be offended at somebody's past. You see that? God does not want you to be offended because, see, that offense is a trap set by the devil for you. You see that? He 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 wants you to be offended at little things. He wants you to just be offended because he knows then you take yourself out of the game when you're offended. You're not, you become injured reserve when you're offended. In other words, You're an injured person. You're a hurt person when you walk around in offense, and that's not God's will. Amen. So we want to say thank you all for joining us today. I pray the blessing to you, and we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you in the future. Have a blessed day.